Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by the director of uh, Gaza, a new two-part documentary that starts tonight on BBC Two. Mm. Sam Collins is his name. Very interesting, telling us about his new project. Um, we also chatted to a lad called Alfie Kane, who was uh, in Chelsea's Academy for a number of years. Uh, he's now turned to acting and writing, and he's written a play about his experience yeah, of being released Dropped. by the club. It's called Dropped. And uh, it was very interesting to get his take on the way young players uh, are dealt with in the modern game. We had a birthday spread, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. All the excitement of the birthday spread. We had a bit of a chat about various things. Of course, we reflected on the Champions League last night. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, I've had a lot of sympathetic... Uh, Chats with people today. People yeah. seem, you know. Well, you. I mean, look. As I said, I, I, I had a brief um, WhatsApp to and fro you last night. I could tell your mood was. You were you were proud of the lads. You were quite yeah, upbeat after a, after a sterling effort, and I think that is the that is absolutely spot on. You should be. Yeah, they went to the Bernabeu and they won. <laughs> That's not an easy thing to do. Um, it was just unfortunate, you know. We were elleried by that rule. <laughs> I mean, it was handball. It was right to be disallowed. No yeah. question about it. But it's just a stupid rule, and basically, you know, the person who came up with it shouldn't have come up with it. it What's your terrible. issue with it? Because obviously, if a ball's hitting because a hand any, and it's leading to a goal, handball should be handball. Anywhere on the pitch, it doesn't matter what happens about it. Mm. Was that if that took place anywhere else, or a defender did it in the box, would that be a penalty if a defender did that? So no, I, no, I agree with that. Side That's what's wrong <clears throat> with the rule. It's a dual standard yeah. rule. It always has been. No, it's always right. been wrong. Yeah, you don't want one that somebody punches it in. Was what was it that came about? There was a U- Spurs player on oh, the Thierry Henry. Was no, it? Was Thierry, not one. that one. The, yeah, there's that one, and also oh, I can't remember his name now. The famous Spanish striker that Spurs had. Oh, in the game against yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. You know, that sort of yeah. thing where it comes off your hand that's a different matter mm. but that, you know look the rules are the rules and that's the way it is but they so you'd to like to go back to the old days of, of a referee calling whether it's deliberate handball or not yeah. so it's a judgement call by a ref basically yeah yeah I so they say, so. did it yeah. impact whether it was a goal or you not? Know, but there we go. There you can't complain. And uh, I've always been a massive fan of Timo Werner, though. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know you've often been very supportive of him. He sat two people down, which was, was very game. impressive. Honestly, it was his best game for Chelsea. And then the manager takes him off and brings on Pulisic, who played like Werner. He's yeah. absolutely hopeless. Glenn, Glenn said last night, could be the making of him. And I think he's probably got a point because yeah. I think attitudes will change. You'll feel a bit more confident. Uh, yeah, it could, no, no, it could, you know, you could, could tell, turn his time around at Chelsea. You, you could tell Ancelotti was worried at one point. His eyebrow nearly took off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that thing. Is, yeah, and it was he went bad. for Frankie Howard last he night, did. didn't he? Glenn compared uh, Tuchel sort of twisting his angry sort of twist yeah. as Twizzle. I was thinking, not a lot of people in the audience Twizzle, are going to know Twizzle. God, that is blind. That predates that, me. Honestly, Twizzle. I was about three when Twizzle who was, was Twizzle. Like, Tell us who Twizzle, Twizzle was. Twizzle was a character, and he was like a puppet in yeah. kids' TV, right? Black and white, very early sixties. Oh, I was about three or four, yeah, yeah. very early, and uh, and he he sort of he, he basically could extend it a bit like Inspector Gadget, he yeah, was a forerunner oh of Gadget, okay, forerunner of Gadget, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Look him up; he's on Google. Now um, he's on YouTube. When I saw that moment back, as soon as I saw a slow mo replay, I'm long mm. along with the rest of the country. I'm sure you as well. As soon yeah. as you saw it at Alonso's hand, we all knew the, the yeah. law, and the law is if it hits your hand and it leads to a goal. Uh, it's going to be ruled out. So poor old Fletcher, and he has to do this so often, and he must he must really despair of when he has to use the words, 
let's bring Peter Wharton in here. <laughs> because they are, they send a chill down your spine, don't they? Let's bring... And Peter said, well, I've watched it back and I've absolutely no doubt at all that that goal will stand. Oh, he's ruled out in seconds. I just wonder, it's become a real staple, hasn't it? It's it like imagine by creosote. In a, in a Midsummer Murders, yeah. you know, they're all there. John Nettles, who's doing it these days? I'm not sure. Maybe I haven't seen it for years. So he's there and um, he said, well, the murder is in this room, but we don't know who it is. Let's bring uh, Peter Wharton uh, in here. Peter, and well, I've had a look, and it's almost certainly the housekeeper that's done the murder. At the point, the, the wife's husband says, I did it. I can't I can't live with the guilt. I'm a, thank you, Peter. You may leave now. I see Peter in Death in Paradise. Munich, 1938. <laughs> Neville Chamberlain says, um, I have in my hand a piece of paper, but... You know, just for safety, let's bring Peter Wharton in here. Well, I've had a look at that piece of paper and I've met Herr Hitler and I've absolutely no doubt, Neville, uh, and indeed Fletch, although quite well we got a commentary team on this, I don't know, in 1938, that we take the man at his word, you know, exactly. cut to 12 months later. So uh, just some of the examples of where we brought Peter Wharton in. So if you would like to add to that list this afternoon, where, where you could hear the dreaded words, let's bring Peter Wharton in here, then share them with the class, talksport.com, forward slash agent j text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to ts agent j apparently i've reading the paper this morning that trotting round a room like a horse yeah. has been voted one of the daftest wellness trends of recent times yeah. not according to charlotte dujardin who enjoys it well i know no, she does it on a real horse andy you should differentiate between a real horse it's a bit like saying that's what ruby walsh does or uh, he didn't you know he did it on a real horse talking of uh, jockeys and trainers i remember doing that in yeah. the playground probably when i was about four You'd play like the cavalry. You'd be the cavalry, wouldn't you? But I mean, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it now. I probably. We we spotted a picture with uh, Ian Abrahams, the moose, uh, with Carlos Puol. Carlos Puol. It's Carlos's birthday. And and John Joe O'Neill. Yeah, both the the national hunt trainer and uh, jockey. And it got us thinking, didn't it, Andy? (laughs) That. What a network, because he's put both on. Have a great day, my friend. Some of his other great friends have uh, written. He's also uh, Jan Bednarek, the Saints defender. He wished him, he said, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, Oliver Norwood, the blade skipper. (laughs) Happy birthday, my friend. Southampton player, and it was the wrong player. Brian McFadden from Westlife, happy birthday, my friend. Deli Alley, happy birthday, my friend. And we wondered if he's like this sort of social butterfly. He's like Anna Winter, that he brings all these people together, that, that he's the kind of queen bee, and all these this network mm. of friends all come together. So you see... Carlos Puyol staying at John Joe's yard for Cheltenham. <laughs> with Andy Smart. <laughs> with Andy Smart and Oliver Norwood and Deli Alley. They're all staying, in the, they're all staying at John Joe's yard and uh, helping possible. him. Carlos likes to go there and relax and muck out now and again. So, um, I can see that working. Yeah, so uh, I don't know where it takes us, but anyway, we thought we'd share that with you. According to, uh, to Today's Son, I was mm. looking at the listings, the TV listings and yeah. the radio listings, mm. it says, there's a picture of me in there, and it yeah. says, Andy Jacobs keeps an eye on this afternoon's events. Yeah. So I'll be doing Is it. There's you, no events at all. Nothing, well, there's a bit of IPL, so I'll keep my eye on that <laughs> for you if you like. It's racing at Cheltenham. All right, well, keep me eye on that. So, as well. well, you'll see Carlos Puyol, Oliver Norwood, so Deli Alley, and If you Jan call Bender. to me and I'm distracted, it's because I'm keeping an eye yeah, on this afternoon's events. Keeping an eye on this afternoon's <laughs> events. Well, as we said, tonight's got a lot to live up to. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> the dreaded words that Fletch finds himself having to utter in BT commentaries. Let's bring Peter Wharton in here. Look, it, it rarely ends well. Quite a few of you uh, have, uh, have gone back to 1912, including Roger. <laughs> yeah, um, really. It looks like an iceberg to me, Captain, but let's bring Peter Wharton in here. <laughs> no, I think we're fine. It's not an iceberg. It's absolutely... Uh, oh, what we hit. Uh, thank you, Roger. Keep them coming. Um, in other situations where maybe Peter Wharton could be brought in there. Um, so for example, I've had a look at the video. Let's bring Peter Wharton in here. I've had a look at the videos. There were definitely no parties at Downing Street. Thank you, Tom, uh, for that one. And, um, well, it's the uh, final lap of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, Michael Massey, uh, not quite sure. Let's bring Peter Wharton in here. Um, thank you for that one, Michael. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. He could score goals. Any sort of competition you would have with him, he'd have to win. He was hard as nails. Players thought they could mark him out the game. He would embarrass them. There we are, Paul Stewart on mm. Paul Gascoigne. Uh, and as we said, Sam Collins, director of uh, Gaza, joins us now. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, I mean, but obviously, a few years back, we did have the Paul Gascoigne documentary, which was fundamentally kind of told mm. in his own words. In your case, he features very briefly, and he's given his blessing to the project and has, has commented on it. But um, he's not front and centre, is he, in, in the documentary? Who, Gazza? Well, no. I, I, for me, well, for he me is. he's very much he is, front and centre. It's not him telling his story kind of throughout uh now looking back on it yeah what what i what i wanted really it's about the way that gaza uh gaza's career and life unfolded over that decade mm. um in the media and so what, the way i really wanted to show it or we i say i we the team wanted to show it is is by you know us the viewer watching what happened to gaza on screen you know so gaza's in the film right the way throughout but as he was interviewed at the time sure. so we can imagine what it was like being him at that moment yeah. He was a wonderful footballer. We heard Paul Stewart say that, and that's no question one of the best this country's ever produced. But there's a sort of feeling, an uncomfortable feeling about watching his life story. Do, do you feel he was exploited by the media or were they using each other? Uh, I think, obviously, over this time, there was a, an explosion of PR and everybody was, was using PR, using the media to, to push their, themselves, and Paul made a lot of money out of the media. Uh, in terms of whether the media exploited him, I would I would let the, the audience make their own minds up when, they, when they've seen the show. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the archive, you've gone through the archive, and it's just, not, it's, it's partly the football story, isn't it? But it's partly everything that kind of went with it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his whole life. I mean, one, the football, you know, everything else came after the football, didn't it? I mm. mean, you, you guys will remember what an extraordinary footballer he was. And and the way that Italia 90 happened and Italia 90, which has obviously brought so much to English football and the game in general and so much of that through Paul and how famous he became at Italia 90 just at the point where, you know, our media was beginning to focus on celebrities and people like Paul Gascoigne to sell newspapers. It was an, you know, it was a perfect storm, and and I think that's that's what we've tried to sort of encapsulate in the film is show all elements of how what happened at Italia ninety, um, you know, impacted on the rest of his of his career and his yeah. life. It was always fun, you know, and fun to watch and fun to see. But again, I say that sort of uncomfortable feeling the whole time. You, well, you, you probably didn't feel that at the time. It's probably in retrospect you I look. Don't know. Back. We interviewed him, and I remember thinking that was a long, long time ago, and I yeah. remember feeling that after we'd interviewed him. Um, but we hear a lot about the childhood trauma that happened to him, and I, th I think you touch upon it as well. Um, yes. Was this issue ever resolved? I always get the feeling that it, it wasn't. It was something that just haunted him right through, and I, I don't even know, maybe even till today. Well, I think, obviously, Paul Paul and his family are the best place to answer that. I mean, there's I think so much happened to him when he was a child. His father moved abroad as something as well that we cover in, in the film and search of work. His father also had a had a brain hemorrhage with Paul when Paul was 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 there in the room and he had to try and sort of, you know, 
prop him up from the side of his bed. That was something we couldn't cover in the film because it's just actually at the point where there's too much detail to go into everything. So I think it's clear that lots of things happened to Paul at that age and, and quantifying that is so difficult. And I suppose that was one of the things we, we tried to some extent not to do. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not qualified to judge that. What we wanted to do was show you, you know, Paul Stewart talks later in the film about what he witnessed at the time, you know, Paul's ticks and, um, you know, uh, his sort of wanting to shut doors the whole time and, and, and those types of things. And, you know, as Paul Stewart says, you know, at that point, we didn't know what we were looking at. We were all going through our own things, very poignant, obviously, with, with Paul Stewart and everything he's been through. And at that time, that was, that was all sort of obscured because he was such a brilliant footballer. I mean, Paul, you must, you know, you must remember extraordinary, oh, you yeah. know, as a Spurs fan, you must have had, hmm. you know, a lot of my, you know, childhood memories are in that film of him as just this force of nature as a footballer. And and that covered things up. And, you know, I, th I think often that people just people just weren't at that stage qualified to, to know what to look for, yeah. really, with Paul Gascoigne. You do sense that one mm. of his sisters says if he wasn't quite as good, if he'd just been a good kind of workman like pro, um, how different his life may have been uh, and, you know, some of those areas of his personality maybe wouldn't have needed to come to the fore um, and those difficulties, emotional difficulties he's had, again, it, it wouldn't be sort of laid bare in quite the same way, but the fact he was an exceptional player, uh, an exceptional personality, meant that, that kind of, that was a bit more of a problem for him. Yeah, well, he he loved, the thing is with Gazza, and, and that clip uh, you you played the audio from, it's one of my favourite bits in the film, and, and there's this great bit at the end of that, he's hugging Paul Stewart, um, you know, just after they've he's Stuart set him up, he's set Stuart up for a goal at Sheffield Wednesday, which was then disallowed. That's a spoiler <laughs> for you, but um, that mm. uh, we don't show that obviously. But um, but and and Paul Stewart says, you know, that above everything, he wanted to be loved. You know, and that's the thing that comes back to what you're talking about from the childhood. It's um, and and really that 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 was the challenge because obviously for for Paul, he became so for Paul Gascoigne became so famous and so loved by the public in Italia 90 and then the rest it felt almost to some degree like the rest of his career is about trying to protect that relationship which the media is obviously the conduit to so so Gaza was doing things like he had he was almost the original reality show he was followed for three documentaries over that time he was constantly giving interviews trying to control his own narrative but at the end he couldn't he lost control of that and that's um you know that you know euro 96 was obviously a brief moment where he became a hero again but then very very quickly he was back you know in in controversy and it's it was just a very very complicated story mm. one of my favorite memories of him was uh, watching him train for lazio and just being struck by how much this guy loved football he loved training he loved playing scoring a goal he celebrated like it was the world cup you know it, yeah. was, it was brilliant to watch it was joyous yeah yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he brought so much joy to so many people, both, you know, it's a, a rare thing. I mean, so few people have a bad word to say about Gaza. I mean, that's not obviously many complicated things about him and his his story, mm. which we can't excuse. But but the people who who met him have so much, so many good things to say about him. And beyond that, how many people he influenced and, and, and got into football and gave the I mean that's why we love him, isn't it? It's not just about how he was a footballer. It's it's the it's the effect he had on the public at Italia ninety was there was something authentic about that that you can't replicate. There was just a humanity to him that very, very few people have. I, I think, mean and you also such a... you also understand but there's little kind of moments, little kind of sliding doors moments in his life and career. Had he not got that yellow card for the tackle on Thomas Bernhold, had he not cried had we not had Gary Lineker's have a word with him, had that not been, had they just lost the semi-final on penalties and he took one and maybe scored one, how different, you know, that path mm. could have been. Oh, well, imagine if we'd got to the final. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and I mean, that's always that strange thing, isn't it? I remember reading a great um, a great book called Gaza Agonistes um, by, by, by Ian Hamilton, the poet, when he said, you know, it's fascinating that, that Gaza, what were essentially Gaza's tears for himself when he got the yellow card, became almost they became synonymous with the tears for for the nation i know that so there's two pictures aren't there the, the tears um from that night there's one after he gets the yellow card and one right at the end 
and they both have been you know amalgamated into the same same sense really but he's crying for very different things at that moment mm. and um yeah i mean history obviously it, it is sliding doors as, as you say sammy look forward to it uh, tonight <clears throat> at uh nine o'clock on bbc two yes. um and, and can i can i say the next one is next week 9 p.m on bbc two as well okay and i'll take it beyond the that. iplayer as well i guess so yes absolutely exactly. i still can't believe you Brilliant. didn't get that one against germany <laughs> yeah we all see that one going in that we sliding <laughs> we every in time the, sliding in at the <laughs> oh. far post in 96 but i'm sure that gets covered as well thank you sam thanks very much it Cheers. does Good thank you so much guys the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast i was reading today about alistair brownlee the brilliant uh, triathlete mm. and uh, he's going in for one of these kipchoge style records where they try and break the record but they put everything in his favor so it's not competition and everything so yeah it's just to yeah, get everybody yeah, set up to yeah make i'm it not happen. sure about all that because it's not a proper record proper record should be in proper races but mm. anyway I, I found the whole thing but at the bottom of it i think this did amuse me that alistair brownlee is sponsored by american pistachio growers why not yeah a convenient protein snack which has been incorporated into his training diet to fuel an active lifestyle and help refuel okay then i bet if i had him it would make any difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could make you the it could make you a top triathlete andy who knows quite possibly seems, seems unlikely you know, i was telling you about on the phone this morning when we were chatting about the show the, the curse of aaron ramsey it was featured in the star this is a bit weird it is weird this but i'd heard about this before but yes it's basically every time he scores, mm. somebody famous. Well, it's happened 25 times. He scored 67 professional goals. Yeah. And 25 times that he scored on that day or the next day, somebody very famous has died. This time it was dear old June Brown. Right. Uh, he scored, I think, in the... In the he scored in the Old Firm Derby. In the Old Firm Derby, and then we saw what happened. Stars including Sir Bruce Forsyth, Sir Roger Moore, Whitney Houston, David Bowie, I and mean, we were talking about huge stars here. Right. Ken Dodd, Eric Bristow and Stephen Hawking have all died within hours of Ramsey netting. I don't think you can blame him for that. No, I, I mean, don't think it's his fault. Going into games thing. worrying he's going to score in case one of his favourite celebrities... I'm not, I'm not famous enough, so it doesn't, doesn't matter if he scores it. as far as I'm... Well, I'm sure. It, I'm sure if you looked at anybody's goal record, do you hard reckon? Enough, that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, it is an odd one. I think it's put him under <clears> a fair <throat> bit of pressure that he doesn't deserve. Not that I can talk, but the Beckham wedding, the Beckham Pelts wedding. Oh yeah, yeah. You're going has, back to that. Or you won't well, let it go. No, I can't let it go. Has become quite you know, a lot of people writing about mm. it, and uh, people saying, "Where did he get the money for the ring?" Or where do you think? And uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> meow. Well, that's what it says. And this one says, um, "Oh, yeah, and where is it? Oh, it's become basically the what about the nurses? How sickening seeing pictures of the Beckham clan lounging around on their yacht, mm. beaming, and the three million wedding bash. Did it three million? The blokes have said, while people struggle with bills and food costs, not knowing they've not got a single worry about eating or heating." You can't, you can't look at life like that. It's their money. They've earned it. Then what can you do? You can't sort of say, it's not their fault, is it? It's a real what about the nurses, that one. But there you go. Yeah, okay. It's the way it is. Thank you. It's hotter than. Do you like hotter than? Yeah, well, it's hotter than where? What now? Yeah, well, next week. Okay. It's going to be hotter than Alexandria in Egypt. You say it, hotter than Alexander <laughs> Palace. I think that was a microclimate. Okay, well, that's good to hear. I you'd like um, Also, <laughs> should let you know, KTM's been in touch. The World Coal Carrying Championships. Oh, yeah. Are taking place on Easter Monday in Osset in West Yorkshire. Well, so there we are. Just some of the other things yeah. you can carry apart from wives. The Duke as of we Kent. we discovered earlier on. He, intended, he attended a masterclass seminar at uh, Prussia Cove. I don't yeah. know where that is. I obviously thought Roger Federer was going to be there, but it was music. Oh, of it's course. Quite disappointing for him, really. You've been telling us that, you know, that, uh, that phrase, let's bring Peter Wharton in here, as we oh, discovered yeah, last idea. night. He often is done on BT Sport and Champions League and, mm. and Premier League days when you bring Peter Wharton in here. Doesn't always work out as you'd hope. Um, uh, Peter Wharton, there was there on there on Oscars night, according to Dean from Bristol, saying there was definitely no contact between Will Smith and Chris Rock. Just a come, <laughs> just a coming together, he says. So uh, we brought Peter Wharton in there. Jesse, so you can uh, keep those coming. Jesse March, uh, the new Leeds manager. Normally, when a, when a new manager comes in there, one of the things they always do is they say, "Well, I had to get the lads fit. They weren't fit." Yeah, well, they were, but never mind. And uh, but here he's saying that. Uh, 
players were too fit. They were overtrained. Yeah, do you know where he said it? He said it on TalkSport. Well, yesterday, yeah. yesterday morning, and we spoke to a Leeds uh, fan who uh, wasn't best pleased. I mean, look, some have well, said he got it right, but, you know, it, it was a bit early to maybe a bit early to start having that, a pop. It is unusual, isn't it? It is unusual for a manager to, to go the other way, yeah. Yeah. No, he was very enlightening. He was on with uh, Natalie and Darren. And, uh, There's some interesting photos yeah. of Jurgen Klopp in the paper today as well. He's... I think he's doing it. He's got the Cesare Maldini hair colour. Because mm. if you look at his beard, it's got lots of grey in it, right? Yeah, the beard. But the hair, the hair is just pure. It's pure auburn, really. Okay. Not, not a grey hair there. So I think it's. Uh, you think if he's had. A, I don't know, but I'm He guessing. was railing against TV, wasn't he? I often think to myself, well, look, maybe have a word with the chairman first. Railing against the TV companies oh, and the yeah, scheduling they of the that. games. Um, and look, you can understand why he's a bit upset, but ultimately the club hierarchy. Accept that fixture. They yeah. don't say, well, no, we're definitely not playing that. That's impossible. Well, at least, you know, when they meet on Saturday, United, sorry, United City and Liverpool, mm. they both would have had a, pretty much the same sort of programme. Obviously, City have got to travel. They've got a slightly harder game than Liverpool, but that's yeah. down to the fact that Liverpool were great in the first leg and City didn't score enough. So, but they've got a 12, really complain. 12.30 against Newcastle away, which he's, uh, he's not happy about. But... Um, you know, it was ever thus, wasn't it? Yeah, really, they got three. Look how many players they've got. You know, they have got you know two complete front lines if they want. You know, so I don't think you can feel too sorry for it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. First, mm. we tell you about a new play that's going to be at the Canal Cafe Theatre in Little Venice in London, uh, starting well tonight for the next three days. Who knows? It could get a mm, a, a greater airing. It is football related. And uh, it is uh, written by Alfie Kane. He is a former Chelsea youth player of fairly recent times who was released by the club and um, tells his story. And uh, he joins us now. Good afternoon, Alfie. Hi, afternoon, guys. Hope you're well. Yeah, yeah good, thank you. I mean, I, I, I read a little piece about this in the London Evening Standard, mm. so it wasn't quite clear whether it is. Are you, are you acting? Are you performing this as well as, uh, as, as having yeah. written it? Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I studied, I've been studying, I was studying at drama school for the last two years mm. and then I just came out of there and I, there was like a few like sporting, Netflix sporting scandals and it just like sort of popped up in my head. I was like, do you know what? I feel like there's like a lack of care for players after football and it hasn't been voiced along with like other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to write mm. about it. And yeah, I'm performing in it as well. It's, a, it's 45 minutes. It's a monologue. Um, but it's yeah, it's more it's sort of like a just a generalization of like what young men go through, like trying to trying to make it as a mm. professional footballer and sort of just what they put their what they're willing to put themselves through, really. Tell so, us your uh, story. I think mm. it's worth uh, kind of telling us your <laughs> personal story at, at at Chelsea and how they picked you up and how it all ended. Um, yeah, so I was at the West. I was playing for the Westway Sports Centre, mm. and um, we went and um, played in the tournament in Boreham Wood. And uh, was I was like six, six, yeah, but I was six years old, and we played against art. We were playing against Arsenal's development. So you have got those development schemes where you you spend from the age of six to the age of eight, and they decide whether they want you in the academy or not. Mm. I scored five against Arsenal's development squad, um, and then two Chelsea scouts came sort of like out behind the tree and gave a card to my mum and dad, <laughs> and um, I was there sort of trialing for two years from six to eight, and then they signed me as an under nine. Um, and had an amazing time there. It was sort of when Roman Abramovich took over, so it was great. And then at 11, 11 and a half, they found a um, they found a subaortic stenosis, which is like a muscular ridge growing across one of the valves of my heart. Right. And um, so I had to. I, they sent me to Harley Street, and the doctor said I wouldn't be able to play football anymore. Um, but my dad had a fruit stall on Portobello Road, and the, his one of his customers was um, Professor Jane Somerville. She was the leader of the British Heart Foundation, and she said, "That's nonsense. Don't worry, I'll sort it out." Wow. Um, so they, I got set up with a major heart surgery. Everything was fine. Then Chelsea got me fit. Um, after they got me fit, they then they let me go. Um, and so I'm a Chelsea fan as well. So it was kind of like at the time it was uh, it was yeah it was, it was tough to take. Um, as a 12-year-old. But football, it, it's a cutthroat industry. It is brutal. Um, and, yeah, that was sort of my first kind of, I guess, taste of sort of like politics within football as well, um, you know, uh, which I think is a big problem within football. But, yeah, that's how that, that, that it ended at Chelsea there. And then I went to Barnet in League Two hmm. when I was 13. I was there until I was 18. And then, um, 
yeah, a new academy. I had a really good time there. Was in the first team quite a bit. Played with Edgar Davids. Then he left. Had a good relationship with Martin Allen. Um, but a new academy manager came in when I was 18. And he, we just, I don't know, for some reason, we just didn't get on. And that's yeah. life. Some people like you, some people don't. Mm. Um, psychologically, I kind of cracked, really. I didn't know how to take it. And that was that. Sort of lost the fire in my belly and went off the rails a little bit. But then, yeah, found I always liked drama, found it. And then, yeah, just decided to go to drama school. Well, yeah, it's a story we, you know, it's an interesting story, but it's a story we've heard before. Do you think there's a, a better way that clubs could deal with players? We hear so much, uh, you know, it is difficult to tell a young boy that he's not wanted, especially a Chelsea fan it, at it's Chelsea. Al- <laughs> it's also difficult, Andy, and, 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 and uh, Alfie, it's a difficult thing to manage expectations because if you're constantly, you know, you're trying to give a young player confidence and the parents confidence, all at the same time managing the expectations mm-hmm. of just a very small percentage of kids that do make it so how do you strike that balance between saying you're a great player we love you the sky's the limit for you but you still might not make it it's a difficult balance isn't it yeah um absolutely i think it's just awareness i think just you just people i I don't think young kids and parents i think that's starting to happen but definitely when i was growing up and that's why i've you know sort of inspired to play the statistics there's not you know there's not enough said about the the unlikeliness of what you're trying to do is is Let's be honest. It's like it's impossible, you know. So um, just it need. I think it, they need to be aware of that, and there needs to also be more. Edu- there needs to be. There needs to be. There needs to be more opportunity within sort of the education that young kids can do as well when they, you know, when they sign their scholarships, when mm. they do their profession. You know, there's a lot. You have a lot of time off as a footballer, um, and you know, when they just get them to sort of. They get them bogged down with just football, 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 football. You do a sports science diploma, BTEC diploma. No, none of us wanted to do that. I didn't want to do that. I had no interest in doing it. I would have liked to study English or drama. A lot of kids like to like music. They've got creative business minds. Give them, you know, try, make them clear that they probably could do with a plan B. Because mm. when you've been in the system mm. for for 15 years of your life and then you let go, Oh, you know, you've been programmed to just believe, just believe, you know, believe that you're just going to be a footballer, and then mm. you let go, and that, and that's that. What do you do? So give them a um, more rounded education, yes, if you exactly. like, rather than it yes, just yes. the sports. B tech yeah. is the yeah. kind of knock on effect yeah. of being a pro. Yeah. And also, what about the aftercare? What about the situation where you know they've <clears> had the responsibility <throat> for you for all these years, and then they <clears> let <throat> you go? Is there a, a duty of care you feel to keep in touch and and see how once you've let them go, how these kids are doing? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I guess you guys have seen what Crystal Palace have started. They've got um, and there's like an aftercare foot, like scheme, mm. which is good. And I feel like that's the beginning. This is like you know could be the start of it. But yeah, just there just needs to be more duty of care for the thousands and thousands of kids that are just left, you know, let go and and that's it. You don't hear from anyone. So yeah, just need they yeah, it just they just need yeah, there needs to be some there needs to be more schemes like what Crystal Palace has set up. Sure. In in fairness to the Chelsea Academy, though, a, a lot mm. of the kids that get cut by them this is at a later age have gone on and, and do go on to have great professional careers I mean look at Lewis Baker this week he's a yeah. guy that Chelsea put a lot into and it, you hoped he'd make it he didn't make it there he's gone to Stoke the manager says he's brilliant yeah. because he's had a very very good football education so uh, they do do that but I suppose you you are right it, it, there are players who, who are yeah. rejected I find life in that difficult. situation yeah, make sure. it in the pro ranks yeah I think it I, you know I think it's not easier at the bigger clubs, but it's easier to make a career for yourself when you've been you've had an amazing football education. Mm. Um, and Lewis is a great player, um, but I think it's also you know it's not just the big clubs; it's down sort of League One, League Twos, where the money the money isn't there either. You know, mm. um, they haven't got. It's kind of like you know they haven't got time to, to 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 in their eyes they haven't got time to look after these players that they're you know hundreds of kids that they're about to let go. Um, but you know, I guess the PFA. Uh, players football association should try you know try and do something about yeah. that i think you, but, yeah. you, uh, do you, do you i was gonna say do you still play do you still play at an amateur level have you have even uh, you've, you've moved into drama yeah um yeah i i just play i play once a week with a with a group of lads just down in paddington wreck um i i struggled i just i struggled i went through quite I've gone through quite a lot of depression and ups and downs and stuff mm. and i just sort of felt like there was i got to a point i suffered from a lot of injuries I was at Dulwich Hamlet when I was 22. I slipped a disc in my lower back. And I just thought, I said to my dad, I just, you know what? I just, I don't think this is going to happen. And I don't want to put myself through it anymore. Um, But drama, I always liked it and did it at school. And it's just another form of, I guess we're used to playing in front of crowds. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done anyway. Not shy. 
It's yeah. great. I noticed the poster, you're obviously not superstitious because the poster, you've got a shirt that says Alfie Kane 13. Yeah, I'm lucky, eh? Well, it's great that you've found something you love and you, you've mm. put your, your heart and soul into it and, and you've kind of come through the other side with some positives. But um, And the play is on for, the, say, the next three nights you're performing it in, in London. Yeah. Yeah, I'm performing it. Yeah, performing it at Canal Cafe Theatre. I've just literally just before I spoke to you guys, I've just added another. Sh they emailed me just through like popular demand. There's another show at, at 3 p.m. at the Canal Cafe Theatre on Saturday, so I'll be doing two shows on Saturday, and um, yeah, hopefully it sort of like can continue to do, yeah. continue to do to yeah. run with it. Um, I'll yeah, say what? something that you never say to a footballer: break yeah. a leg. Right, yeah, we're uh, yeah, that's true. The one yeah, thing you can yeah. say to an actor that you couldn't have said otherwise, that's true. Yeah. So I hope it goes well, and yeah, good chance that you make it, could take it on tour if, if you get a good reception. So people, yeah, yeah, lovely. No, yeah. Fingers crossed. But thanks so much, guys. You know, it's a pleasure. Good, pleasure. Uh, good talking to you, Alfie. Yeah. All the best. Hope it goes well. You thanks too. a lot. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's time for the birthday spread, as we mm. said, uh, twenty four hours uh, earlier than usual. And the other big difference, of course, is that uh, Andy is here with me in the studio and Charlie is with us remotely yes I think he's mm. shopping this afternoon well, he's broken off a, a shopping expedition to uh, to uh, take part in this break. good afternoon Charlie afternoon Paul afternoon and you join me live from the Westgate Centre in Oxfordshire currently outside Primark as the birthdays go on I will move towards a better class of shop <laughs> well, well, what have, oh, I've been to uh, that shopping centre it's very nice actually what, oh, what have you bought so far, Charlie? What purchases uh, have you made? Uh, nothing. My, we, are, we said to my daughter today, she, we could go anywhere she liked, anywhere at all. She said she'd like to go to the shops. So Didcot was a close second. Uh, but, uh, I didn't. But we came to Oxford. Okay. Just for the, the, the better shops, better Better shop. If you see Charlie Baker on the phone, you want to help him with the birthdays. Yes. I suppose, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah, the listeners should yeah. be allowed to help. I guess. What, what a lovely, what a lovely local radio feature that would be, wouldn't it? That would be. <laughs> well, Let's cross to our man at the, at the uh, shopping centre, Charlie Baker. Uh, so I take it Jeff Peters is keeping score. Yeah, he's at Westfields. Yeah, I'd like to, which shopping centre is he coming from? The Arndale in Leicester or something. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Yes, I'm in the uh, East Midlands Nerve Centre. Pull back to winning ways last week, mm. and he leads Charlie 2012. 2012. Okay, mm. well, let's see if Charlie can bounce back because he's been on good form recently. Yes, that was pretty yes. tight. There's been no walkovers. So um, it's pretty straightforward. Um, if, you've, if you only ever get to listen to the show on Wednesday and you think, what the heck's going on? Uh, this is what's going on. We've got. We've, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just only once on a week. I'm, I'm just. I only. I like them, but I only listen once on a Wednesday. Big fans of Tim Vickery, possibly. So um, Andy's going to. Andy has got ten birthdays of the week, and uh, he has uh, put them together. And we wish them all happy birthday, of course. Oh, yeah. And uh, we have to try and guess the ages, uh, myself and Charlie. And there'll be a margin of error that builds unless we get them all completely right. Uh, as we get some of the years uh, slightly wrong. And one with the shortest margin of error at the end is the winner. And I'd say, mm. as Jeff just said, I'm leading 2012 on the count back at the moment. I do hope you can play along at home, see if you can beat us both. Pele often joins us, and I think he, he does, this yeah. afternoon. He, he's made it on a Wednesday. There he is. And so I'll kick us off as I won last week. And well, Andy, what's the first birthday? Well, it's friend of the show, uh, Whispering Bob, Bob Harris. Wow. It's his birthday. Ooh, and uh, yes, Bob was in a cookery contest I was judging when he produced a steak that was worse than Gareth Bale's bar and the one Jeff had in that curry house in Leicester that day. <laughs> it definitely passed the old grey gristle test. Ooh, oh, very nice. Sounds like you're a ventriloquist. Still, oh, still paying out that trip to that Indian restaurant, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. it? Even after like 13 years. One of the best Indian restaurants in the country. I'll yeah. have the steak and chips, says Jeff. So um, I'd say, what is... Um, we spoke to him the other week. He came on with Danny Baker, didn't he? Yeah. Whispering Bob, mm. 79. Well, what do you think, Charlie? That feels quite old. Really, Hello, really Charlie. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, it, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Hello. We're waiting yeah, for a yeah, guess yeah. from you. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, 81. Oh, okay. he's gonna love you too. He's 76. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Bob, if you're listening, he really is. Yeah, really sorry, Bob Bowie. <laughs> 
Session from three years older. Uh, as opposed to ten years after. Very good. Um, so what's that done to the scores, Jeff? Well, after Bob Harris, it's Paul three, Charlie five. Three, Charlie five. Sorry. Sorry, Bob. OK, it's the cricket umpire, Billy Bowden. Billy oh, Bowden. Billy and Bowden. amazingly, Billy yeah. has been chosen to succeed Daniel Craig as the new James Bond. Oh, yeah. The first film is an adapted remake of one of Ian Fleming's finest books, Bent finger. Dear. <laughs> oh dear! It's a day early, isn't it? Good. I like it. What do you think, Charlie? Uh, Billy Bowden. I think I think sixty. Yeah, I was I was thinking around the similar sort of age. Sixty-three. I'm going to go for fifty-nine. I would have oh. thought he was older, actually. Yeah, yeah a little bit. You think because he, he retired, mm. he might have been that bit older? But anyway, I think that Charlie, you're, you're, good news. You've caught up a bit. What's the scores, Jeff? Yeah, it's Charlie six, Paul seven. Okay, well, Brown Base taking the lead. Fair enough. I'll kick us off then with the third birthday, Andy. Okay, it's the uh, president. He was the president of South Africa from 2009 to 2018. Jacob Zuma. Yeah. Jacob Zuma, Ooh. I was really shocked recently when I came upon him attacking Phil Tufnell. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zuma was giving Cat a right kicking. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, not that we condone that. Um, I'd say Jacob Zuma, 73. I'm going to go yeah, for Charlie. Yeah, yeah, definitely in that ballpark. I'll go 75. Uh, he is 80. Oh, okay. Charlie on form from the shopping centre today. Yeah. So. Paul, Paul yeah. is seven out, Charlie is five out, Paul on to 14, Charlie on to 11. Okay, so Ooh, pretty tight. Some close. Charlie goes, some good work. Yes. we alternate who goes first, and then the last mm. birthday is the person who's in the lead that goes first, so there's no S-housery in the, in the system. So, Charlie, you're first. Uh, what's the okay. next birthday? Okay, Charlie, it's the theatre, film and television director, John Madden. John Madden. He's just invented a new video game where you have to predict the number of people entering a shopping centre in a giving, given time. It's yes. called John Madden's Footfall. Oh, that's good. It's very timely with Charlie in the Wick Gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, in, John in the Westgate. Oh, Westgate. Sorry, not in the Wick Gift. In the Westgate. It's not. Um, it's not the, the John Madden who's no, the no. NFL coach. No, so, of course, bless him. He's not John with Madden. us. No. John Madden. Yeah. Is it never, busy in the? Never. Is it busy in the I've shopping heard... centre? Far from the Madden <laughs> crowd. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Squeeze that in. Copper Peters. I didn't do it on Jacob Zuma. As you told me not to. Don't try and top Jacob Zuma. Yes. Go Actually, on. Andy, Andy, can you just check uh, Paul Hawksby's flickering eyes? Because remember that we had that at Chelsea, didn't we? Paul's <laughs> flicking, eyes are just flicking over to the answer. No, no, I'm, I'm miles away. I can't. Go I can't on, read Andy's yeah, writing if I'm looking okay. at it. Yeah, exactly. uh, looking no over I, his shoulder. I've, I've no idea who this person is, so I'm going to say 52. Yes, yeah, a difficult one, this theatre film director. I'm going to go 62. 73. Ooh. Oh, no. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, Jeff, here we go. What's the score? Calculator time. Um, so, John Madden, 73. Paul said 62. 11 out. He's on to 25. Charlie said 52. He's 21 out. So, he moves on to 32. So, Paul in the lead by seven. Still very little, isn't it, though? Very we'll we'll take a half-time break shortly to take stock. But this is the final one before half-time, yeah, Andy. just going to half-time. It's the jazz pianist Herbie Hancock. Mm. <laughs> Herbie Hancock. And his new album's a bit disappointing, <laughs> actually. The music's great, but it's a bit short. It's only 29 minutes, 59 seconds. Yes, it's not even a full <laughs> Hancock half-hour. <laughs> Hancock's half-hour, oh, of course, it. and that's one for the kids. Um, <laughs> Still on Radio 4 Extra every day. Herbie, Herbie Hancock... <laughs> Um, he said, trying to justify the reference. Hey, he's got to be getting on there, hasn't he? I mean, he's still looking very good. Yeah. 81, I'm going to go. He must be. Uh, what do yeah, you I think, think Charlie? I think, he, I think he's up there, yeah. Uh, let's go uh, 88. 82. Ooh. Oh, no. wrong way. No, not the wrong way. Yes, a little bit. A little bit. Far. But mm. no, there's not much in it as we go as we uh, take no, a break. No, well, no. Jeff, just confirm the scores for us. Um, I, I'm just a bit lost because the uh, the list that Paul uh, that uh, Andy sent me today um, is doesn't appear to be the one that I'm looking at right oh. now. But um, oh, okay. <laughs> did you send it? If, if Paul sent you the list, the I game's you, gone. I sent you the second list. Ah, right. Okay. So Paul one that out, helps. moves on to 26. Charlie <laughs> six out, onto 38. There's 12 in it, 
at the halfway mm. stage. Well, can you send yeah. Jeff the right list during the... <laughs> no, I do it deliberately so he can't hit the checks. You don't? <laughs> no, of course not. Okay, <laughs> send well, him all the wrong names. <laughs> we'll, get, uh, we'll get sorted, no doubt, during the half-time break. Do hope you can join us uh, for the second half because it is delicately poisoned. Yeah. 26 38. Wednesday fans. Yeah, big Wednesday <laughs> fans who uh, who don't listen on Thursdays. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Birthday spreads pretty close. Um, I'm on 26. Charlie is on uh, 38. And it's the one with the smallest score, of course, who is the winner. Five more birthdays to come in this second half. Here's Pele once again. Ooh, faded. Yeah. And uh, here he is. Charlie's going to kick us oh, off yes, for the Charlie. first birthday. Charlie is uh, remote this afternoon. In fact, yeah. David Manning has been in touch. He said, uh, what about Charlie doing the birthday spread from random shopping centres every week? So around the shops rather than around the grounds. Good point, yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody really said, real. birthday spread on a Wednesday, my weekly timetable in turmoil, uh, <laughs> says oh. Dave. Oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, so uh, there we are. And what else have we got? I love the fact Charlie's day out with the family. He's told them he has an important work call at 3.30 and they can just hear him saying numbers, says Phil in Belfast. That's a very good point. Good point they really, know the yeah. birthday spread. They know everything stops yeah. at the birthday spread. So, Anyway, here we go, uh, Andy. Yes. Uh, what are the scores at halftime? That'd be 26.38. 26.38. Okay. Uh, she appeared in the Golden Compass, a film in 2007. Oh, yeah. It's Dakota Blue Richards. Dakota oh. Blue Richards. And I was standing outside the Etihad last week when she drove by with her backside hanging out the window. It was great to see Blue Moon. Oh, blimey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Bit, of, bit of blue for the dads. Yeah, um, yeah there we are. Dakota uh, Blue Richards. I don't know who this is. I don't know who Me this neither, is. to be honest. I knew. I know Dakota Fanning is, but yeah. she's... Well, it's not her. Dakota. Thank it's goodness. not her, is it? <laughs> yeah. I've also I've moved outside Clinton Carts to try and give me a little bit of birthday... Like, oh, yeah, well, okay. Well, is that cheating? Yeah, it, you know? Is that cheating, technically? <laughs> Maybe they're sponsoring you. <laughs> get quickly. Yeah. Get a sponsorship deal. Yeah. <laughs> Dakota uh, Blue who Richards. Who knows who she is? Hunter. I'm going to say she's 45. 45. I might go a bit younger. I think she might be one of those. That's the sort of 42, I'm going to go. <laughs> she's only 28. Ah. Oh. So she must have been a child when she yeah. was in this, I suppose. Sure, she yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. That's all sort of kid's ago, name, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. So what's Yikes. happened there? Okay, so uh, Paul 14 out moves on to 40, 40, yep. and Charlie 17 out moves on to 55. So 15 <laughs> yeah. in after six. Yeah, we've seen uh, them turn okay. around there. Yeah, Phil's been yeah, in okay. touch. He mm. said, "I've never listened on a Thursday. This is really good. <laughs> change, it to, change it to Wednesdays if possible." I think he's having a bit of fun with us there. Phil. He is. Okay, I'm okay. first. Okay, she's the general secretary of the Labour Party mm. in 2018 to 2020. It's Jenny Formby. Jenny Formby. Yeah. Oh. And in my days as a paparazzi, I was waiting for her outside the Labour Party conference in Blackpool. Yeah. As she passed me, I noticed Formby wasn't the tallest. I was leaning on a lamppost at the corner of the street in case a certain little lady went by. Okay, that's, wow. it's, it's great, isn't it? And the kids, they love all this. I'm loving that. George Formby, Hancock's half hour. <laughs> Blimey. Um, I'm just going to go into Hollister and tell them that one. I don't know. Yeah, they'll like that. The, the, the kids behind the counter, they'll love that. Go on. We're folding some jumpers over in the corner, almost certainly. Have a word. So the bloke who came up with this has bought two pairs of trousers in Hollister. Has he? Oh. Uh, yeah, me. You bought two pairs of trousers yeah, in those Hollister? elasticated short ones. They're quite yeah, well, old. That's because you need something with a gusset. <laughs> I do. Do they have an old man range? <laughs> Hollister granddad section. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Okay, um, I'd say uh, 54. What do you think, Charlie? Mm, I think a bit old. I'm going to say 60. 62. Oh, yeah, okay. game on okay. once again. We're in, we're in. What's that done to the scores, Jeff? Paul, eight out onto 48. Charlie, just two out onto 57. So wow. closes the gap. Certainly yeah, does. Nothing nine. in it. Charlie goes first on the next one. Okay, she's the chief nutritionist of the Department of Health and Social Care, Alison Tedstone. Alison oh, yeah. Tedstone. And she can trace her family roots back to prehistoric times. Oh, yeah. You must have heard her song, Tedstones. Meet the Tedstones. Another old one, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we know the, t- we know the Flintstones. Oh, is that fair enough, I think maybe it? George Formby was <laughs> pushing your luck a bit. Probably is a bit. Yeah, yeah they've made films, <laughs> yeah. haven't they? Um, so what do you think, Charlie? Tedstone. Sly and the family Tedstone. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... 
55. Yeah, I was thinking something similar. 57. 61. Ooh. Okay. So where does that leave us, Jeff, in this nip and tuck battle? Paul, four out onto 52. Charlie, six out on that one, and he's on 63. So there is 11 in it, 11. 11 in it 11 with 11 two in it. to go. Okay, yes, so this has happened before. Yeah. Okay, it's the investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch. Seymour Hirsch. <laughs> and he used to go to the same nudist camp uh, my dad took God. me to when I was young. Yeah, we used to bump into Seymour, but to be honest, I'd rather it been see less. Yeah, hey, nice. <laughs> Um, he really did go to a, a, a naturist. Day. That is actually true. And he used to go when he was oh, wow. 13, Charlie. Remember that? He was 13. Yes. What an age. Scarred for life. What an age to walk around a naturist place in uh, Swiss St. Albans. Yeah. St. Oh, St. Albans. St. Albans, okay. Swiss Scotland. <laughs> around St. Albans. I'll be arrested. Holding, his, holding a, big, uh, a big guitar in front of him. I'd say... I'd say... Um, a ukulele, maybe. Yeah, That's possibly. burned on my mind, that yeah, is now. That's it. Sorry, you won't sleep tonight. Andy with his plucking in the, uh, in the TalkSport yeah, toilet. <laughs> um, 81, I'm going for, Charlie. This could be make or break. All the chat, I can't remember who... Seymour Hirsch. Seymour Hirsch. And what is he an investigative journalist? Yes, I've got 81. Mm. 85. <sighs> He is 85. Wow. Well done, both of you, because I don't know who he is. I would have, no, nor I do I. Have, you could have been anything, couldn't he? Well, I think we go into the last round. And what stage, Jeff? Where are we at? Paul, you're four out on that one, so you move on to 56. Charlie, direct hit. He's on 63. So we have seven in it with seven. one Ooh, to go. Paul to go okay. first. You have to go first. That could be advantage, Charlie, certainly. Here we okay. Go. It's the uh, political cartoonist, writer, and illustrator, Chris Riddle. Chris Riddle. Mm. And uh, last time I saw him, he was wearing a really strange coat which featured a print of Alan Turing's World War II code-cracking machine. Yes, it was a riddle wrapped up in an enigma. <laughs> oh, well, oh, very good. <laughs> clever. It's yes, clever. that's excellent. Nice. That's one of the clever. best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. No laughs, but Chris Riddle, who knows? Um, 75 years old, I'm going for, Charlie. You've mm. got seven, so you want a difference of eight. Yeah. I'm going to go 66. Chris Riddle is 60. Oh, bang! Bang! Charlie Baker. <laughs> oh, that's yes. unbelievable. He's nicked it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone at Clinton's, Lush, New Look, Fretton, yeah. uh, Monjay, Goldsmiths, Rolex, Trespass, the Outdoor, all. Look at all this sponsorship money coming. You're going to have to come live. Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not happy about the scoring. To be honest, let's bring Peter Walton in here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there we are. Well done, Charlie. Congratulations, Chris Riddle. Did you a big favour there, didn't he? Yeah, he did very much. So I thought I thought you played a bad a bad age on the end there, Paul. I thought you gave me. You gave me a gap. Well, I thought Left he was. Me a gap. I, I thought he was quite an old. I thought he could, could be an old. Been. You can get old, Chris's, can't you? You know, yeah. it's not. Yeah, but I put it away like a Benzema header, didn't I? You Bang. did. You yeah. did. Yeah. Don't, don't mention that if you can. So, <laughs> so uh, final scores on that yeah, one, just yeah. for the uh, uh, the the aficionados yeah. who are keen to know. So, Paul, you were fifteen out. That yeah. took you on to seventy-one. Yeah. Uh, Charlie six out, um, and that took him on to sixty-nine. So, Charlie wins by two, and it yeah. is now Paul twenty, Charlie thirteen. Creeping, creeping. Fourth win in five, Charlie. Fourth win in five. Great news for your daughter. You're going to go and have a splurge now, you little girl. Spend some money, aren't you? So she's going to be doing well. Go and give it. Go and give the plastic some hammer in Primark. <laughs> Cheers, Charlie. Thanks a lot. Cheers, lads. All the best. There Take we are, Charlie too. Baker. Thank you, Jeff, as always. Cheers, fellas. And there we are. Birthday spread won by Charlie Baker. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Well, there we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow with um, the clips of the week and Tom Macklin and many of those things. Martin Kelly. Thursday that we becomes Friday. Thursday becomes Friday, etc., etc. Anyway, do hope you can join us from one, if not the podcast, available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 